Welcome to the Chi Alpha at UNC Chapel Hill podcast. This podcast is designed to help you grow through our three foundations, devoted disciples, deep friendships, and deliberate servants. We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages you in your spiritual growth. As Joe said, tonight's topic is deep friendships. Um, we're going to do it a little bit differently, but going to give kind of an intro before we jump in. Um, Just a little housekeeping, we are in week two of a three-part series called XADNA, where we're talking about what makes Chi Alpha Alpha as a community. Um, Last week, Joe talked to us about devoted disciples. If you missed that, um, it is on our podcast. You can find that on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, This week's topic is deep friendships, and then next week we'll finish off with deliberate servants. That's actually the last XA Live of the school year craziness. Um, But yeah, tonight's topic is deep friendships. I think after these last two years of pandemic isolation, we all know how important friendship and connection really are. And then as I was kind of preparing for this tonight, looking for where we might find talk about friendships or loving one another in scripture, it surprised me that Jesus actually spent some of his last few moments on earth with his disciples, reminding them the importance of being in relationship with one another. In John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35, Jesus says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So Jesus is saying that being in relationship with each other, loving each other as he has loved us is not only important personally, as we all know, but it's important for everyone around us because that's how people are going to know that we follow Jesus. And so what does it look like to love one another as Jesus loves us? Um, Four quick things. One is Loving one another like Jesus looks like serving each other. Um, This isn't surprising when you look at Jesus's life because he spent his entire life pouring into other people. In fact, right before this verse, he washes his disciples' feet. Um, And so we're called to, to follow his example and to, in our relationships, be intentional and sacrificial and serve each other. We're also called to forgive as Jesus forgives. Again, kind of obvious because he went to the cross so that he could forgive all of us. Um, He also forgave his friend Peter when Peter denied him three times in one of the most crucial moments of his life when he was facing a false trial about to be crucified. Um, The third thing is loving like Jesus means loving when it's hard. I don't know about you guys, but if you read the Gospels, it seems like spending time with the same 12 people for three years and having them see miracle after miracle after miracle and not really understand who Jesus is and still doubting and still fearing and doing all these things. Jesus probably got a little frustrated by that, and yet he didn't say, I'm going to go find another group of 12 that's going to be better. He stuck by his disciples and It struck me too as similar to the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. If you you read that chapter, it's all of these expressions of love that, that are difficult. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. Um, It does not rejoice in, in wrongdoing or suffering. Um, 
because loving one another is not is not always easy, is not always fun, and we're called to stay in relationship with each other even when it's not easy. And then lastly, loving like Jesus means calling one another higher. Again, Jesus did this with his disciples all the time. He called them from being just fishermen into being fishers of men. He called them from being just religious Jewish people into living sacrificially like righteousness, like the kingdom of God. Um, and when, we're, when we have friendships with each other, God is going to show us what he's doing in our friends' lives. He's going to show us where he's leading our friends. And we're supposed to hold each other accountable and call each other into that. Um, and so those four things, serving, forgiving, loving when it's hard, and calling each other higher. It's just a snapshot of what it looks like to, to build deep friendships and to love like Jesus. And those things can sound a little spiritual. And if you're a college student, you might be going, how the heck am I supposed to do that with my roommates and classmates and all these things? Um, and so tonight we wanted to really give this some practical application and let you guys hear a story of two people who developed this kind of friendship in college. Um, and I want you to hear from this tonight that I think it's both, both easier and harder than you might be imagining to develop this kind of friendship because you'll hear from Stephen and Parker's story that God just kind of brought them together and they just, it was organic and fun and life-giving. And also they had to be patient and forgive each other and be intentional and all of these things that we talked about. Um, so I'm going to bring Parker and Steven up. So, uh, yeah, Parker, why don't you start us off? Just like introduce yourself, tell us what you're doing, how long you've been in Chi Alpha, that kind of yeah. deal. So hey guys, if you don't know me, I've been around a little while. My name's Parker Benfield. I'm a graduate student here at UNC, although I was I did UNC in undergrad, graduated in 2020. Uh, I had a ma uh, bachelor's degree in economics, but now I'm doing accounting. I'm getting a master's of accounting, graduate in June. Really excited about that. Yes. And I joined Chi Alpha, I guess technically my junior year, so I guess it's my unofficial third year wow. <laughs> in Chi Alpha. Wow, it's been that long. <laughs> Stephen. Yep. All right. Hey guys, I'm Stephen. Um, I actually graduated almost a year ago now, which is absolutely wild. Um, I, of course, came here for undergrad. I was a journalism major. Um, and yeah, I've been in Chi Alpha, wow, even longer than Parker, since my freshman year. I started out probably a couple weeks into the semester and um, it's such a cool place. And uh, yeah, nice. glad to be back. Um, so Stephen, why don't you start us off tonight and tell, tell us a little bit about how you and Parker met. All right, sounds good. So we met actually um, right at the beginning, really, when we both were undergrads, um, freshmen even. So we were in the same dorm, um, not in the same dorm dorm, but in the same building. And we kind of passed by each other every once in a while. Um, it was like, you know, he's, he's all right, I guess. But we never really talked, um, like how it is a lot. Our second semester, we had a class together, and um, I think it was intro to Vienna in Austria. Um, <laughs> weird. Yep. But we had that together, and I was like, well, I know that kid. Might as well at least sit next to him, better than anyone else here. And we kind of developed a bit of a relationship based on that, and then we kind of walked back to each other's rooms, and we started talking to each other, and just hanging out, and 
you know, we'd get back to the dorm and bam, suddenly it'd be like two and a half hours later and we were still talking. Um, and yep. yeah, I think just some good time spent together um, and connecting over that. This sounds like a cheesy dating thing, or like way things. Seriously, you know, I was thinking that as I was prepping this. I'm like, how do I not make this sound like a dating thing? Uh, <laughs> Anything to add to that? No, nope, that's pretty accurate. I mean, it started off really uh, simple because I didn't know anybody in the class, and I either he walked in first or I walked in. Like, I think he walked in after me because you were always late. There's no way I walked in first. And so I was like, hey, I know this guy in the class. I need to, like, become friends with at least one person or else it's going to be, like, a really awkward class because it was, like, discussion-based. It was one of those, like, you had to sit in a circle and talk all the time. So, like, I needed to have, like, one guy I could sit next to. Someone you knew. Exactly. And it just worked out. Like, we often teamed up on group projects and stuff, too, in the class. And I think we did more talking than actual work because... (laughs) Because True. like he he was right, we would sit there for like two and a half hours. I think we maybe did half an hour of work that whole time. And if you've spent any time around Stephen, then you know talking for two and a half hours isn't very difficult. Easy, <laughs> so easy. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Um. So Parker, when we talked, you told me that making friends at Carolina wasn't maybe as easy as you you had anticipated. Um. So what what made friendship with Stephen easier? Yeah. So. I'm a little more introverted by nature. I'm not exactly the most outgoing person, especially not back then. Um, and so and I didn't know anybody really coming into UNC. I knew one girl, and I hadn't talked to her since I was in, like, middle school. It had been a long, long time. And so I was in a rough spot. I think what made Stephen different was a little bit of convenience. Like you said, we were walking mm-hmm. back to the dorm. I was already going to walk back to the dorm anyway, so, like, it just kind of worked out. There was no, you know, time lost and had to get out of the way. But more than anything... I give him the credit because he would, like, come find me. <laughs> he, he, like, I would be in the pit across on the other side, just minding my own business, you know, walking walking to the union or whatever, and you would see him, like, basically sprint over to me <laughs> to say hello for a little bit. And I, honestly, I got to the point where I started dodging him a little bit. I was like, I didn't want to run into him <laughs> as much. But uh, I really give him a lot of credit for being like intentional and just reaching out mm-hmm. to me because I'm not that great about reaching out. I've gotten mm-hmm. better in the past, but he was always suggesting things like going out to eat or or going to. I kind of got him into sports, but like we'd go to sports games together and just really getting me involved. Mm-hmm. I, I really give him a lot more of the credit <laughs> than probably probably deserves. Mm-hmm. But from my point of view, hey. it, it made him a lot different <laughs> from other people because. A lot of times people aren't willing to make that effort. People are kind of doing their own thing. If you happen to cross paths, great. Otherwise, you know, it, it is what it is. Or you might just say, like, hey, how you doing in the pit? And just keep walking. You know, you got pass by one another. You give them that odd look or they're like, you know, a little hand, wet, hand gesture. Mm-hmm. But he was different. He actually wanted to talk to me. And he took the time to talk to me, too. Those mm-hmm. two hours that we'd talk, it wasn't just, you know, fluff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it actually was. It actually meant something. So what... What kind of caused you guys to start having deeper conversations, Stephen? Not me. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really extroverted. I like talking. I like people a lot. I'm also super, super surface level most of the time. Um, he's not. He's like the complete opposite of me in that regard. Um, I think a lot of it came from just the fact that Parker is really willing to, um, you know, cut past just like the basics, um, you know, surface level kind of stuff, um, and get real. Like sometimes, um, 
you know, Parker wasn't necessarily in the best moment. Sometimes I wasn't just hiding it. Um, but he would want to like to go deep, to cut down, to say, hey, what's actually going on? Like, why do you feel that way? Um, you know, stuff like that. Why are you doing that? Um, things that, frankly, don't even cross my mind <laughs> like to think mm-hmm. about. Um, Parker was just really, really intentional and cool about that, I think, and it helped a lot for me. Also, we had just a lot of, our thing kind of was late night walks. So we would go out, um, don't tell my mom, but we'd go out at like <laughs> 2.30 a.m. and like walk around for a couple hours or something like that. And um, yeah, yeah, crazy, right? Like... We survived. But um, at least for us, things got really real in those conversations, like surprisingly real and surprisingly deep. And, um, you know, again, it's one of those things that we didn't really, like, foment or, like, you know, put together, but it just happened. Um, and, again, I think that kind of comes from this, like, intentional time spent together um, more than just, like, well, he was in class and that's it. We, we wouldn't have had that, like, ever, but it was beyond. And I think because we spent so much time together, we built, like, an element of trust there. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of like course. it was obvious that we cared for one another just because we spent literally so many hours together. Like, you can't, you can't dodge that. There's no saying, I don't care about you, or, like, you don't mean that much to me if you're spending two or three hours every week <laughs> mm-hmm. just talking. Yeah. So the deeper conversations, it sounds like, didn't happen, like, right at the beginning, but after you guys had kind of... It took a a good while. I'd say almost a year. Yeah. Wow. Almost a year for that to happen. He's hard to break into. (laughs) I got him. You once described me as an onion. It takes layers. Like, you have to break through the first layer to get to know me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, Parker, you were telling me when we talked that you had a pretty tough time during your sophomore and junior year of college. Um. What did Steven's relationship mean to you during that time? Oh, gosh, it meant everything. Uh, so when you're rich, an extra dollar or two doesn't really make that big a difference to you. If you lose a dollar or two, gain a dollar or two, it doesn't make that much. But if you've only got a 1000 bucks to your name or even a 100 bucks, every dollar matters. Mm-hmm. Every dollar that you, you lose matters. Every dollar that you gain matters to you. And so I would call myself friend poor at this mm-hmm. point. Besides Steve and I had, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be nice and say three, probably two other people that I like talk to somewhat regularly, and realistically didn't do a whole lot with you know, on a week to week basis. You know, I'd go grab like supper like once or twice a month, maybe, or, mm-hmm. or go to a football game once a month, not too much. And so on any given day, I didn't do a lot. I didn't talk to people. I kind of, honestly I just sat in my dorm room most of the time by myself. I did school work, watch TV. I watch a lot of TV and. <laughs> and do those sorts of things. And so I kind of fell into a funk, sophomore going into junior year. I mean, frankly, I think it was mild depression looking back on it mm-hmm. because um, I just felt really down myself, low self-esteem. You're like, am I, am I worth anything as a person? Because no one's mm-hmm. like, honestly, mm-hmm. on any given day, no one's texting me, no one's hanging out to me mm-hmm. with me except for Steven. And I really came to a head in summer because I, I went to summer school between sophomore and junior year to get ahead on my classes, not because I was failing, <laughs> thank God. But um, summer school here at UNC, it's like, it's a blessing and a curse because you have campus virtually all to yourself. There's no one here. Mm. But the downside is there's Lonely. no one here. Yeah. <laughs> there's no one here. It felt honestly like solitary confinement. Yikes. My roommate that I was with, he like slept during the day. 
and was up all night and kept the temp room way too hot. So him and I didn't really get along as well. Like we were just like, we didn't talk a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So it was like solitary confinement. I was staying in my little like jail cell all day long. And I went nuts. Mm-hmm. And so, but Stephen would reach out to me every few, you know, few weeks. It wasn't as often. He was in Tarboro living up as much as you can in Tarboro, North Carolina, living it up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, he would reach out to me every couple of weeks on te- uh, via text or occasionally a phone call for about an hour or so. And that meant a lot to me. I actually looked forward to those phone calls because I, you know, there wasn't much else to do and I didn't have anyone else to, to reach out. So it's kind of like when you visit someone in a nursing home and you know they don't see anybody on any given day or a grandparent that lives alone. It like makes their day just for like you to talk to them for 20 minutes, even if it's like about nothing. It's like something for them to do. That's mm-hmm. what it felt like. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I actually went down and visited them in Tarboro in July for a day, and that was like the highlight of the summer easily. Mm-hmm. We had all kinds of fun. And that continued into junior year, too, because you know, it still wasn't getting a whole lot better, even when I was back at school junior year. And you know, Stephen was willing to sit down and talk about these types of things. And mm-hmm. He gave me a lot of tough love around the start of junior year, basically saying, suck it up, you're better than this, quit moping around and do something about it. Um, which I sort of did, but honestly, I'm going to give him a lot of credit here, too. He helped facilitate a lot of what became the rest of our friend group. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, so speaking of that, like, you, Stephen, wanted Parker to get connected with your Kyle Life group, but Parker, you kind of didn't want to do that. So why was it that you didn't want to get connected? Well, frankly, because I didn't feel like people cared. (laughs) You know, you went to life group, and you did your Bible study or whatever it is you do at Life Group. And then people just kind of left after that. Mm-hmm. They didn't like stick around. They didn't text you outside of Life Group or Chi Alpha events. Chi Alpha used to be quite a bit bigger uh, by the <laughs> yes. day. So there was like a lot more things going on. But people didn't really text me outside of that. And so you start to wonder, do they actually care about me, the person? Mm-hmm. Because you know, I was always at the Chi Alpha events. I rarely missed anything. I rarely missed a Life Group. But, you know, when you're there for two or three months and no one says, hey, let's go eat, hey, let's you know, do something mm-hmm. off campus, and no one says that to you, you start like, do they really care about me? And I told Stephen that, I think, actually, back, it's like, this is probably October, November, junior year, mm-hmm. time for me, I don't even know if I want to stay with Chi Alpha, because mm-hmm. these aren't my friends, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> and you weren't really aware of this till about Friendsgiving, so talk about what happened then and what happened after with your life group. Okay, sounds good. Um, yeah, I think Parker, it was just really obvious that he was kind of in, in a little bit of a funk, um, you know, during just that time. And I think just kind of things were really hitting him. And he was like, oh my gosh, like I'm trying and nothing's happening. Like this is, I'm just wasting my time, especially with like the Chi Alpha people. Um, and that really sucks. Um, I think I did try to kind of like push him. I was like, hey, if you want friends, you need to like, do things get friends involved, do, right? Yeah. Like, get involved, invite people to stuff. But I think just you can sometimes get in your headspace and mm-hmm. start to not think about doing that. Because, you know, you just kind of start, you know, going down the tubes a little bit, sometimes just mentally. Um, I think what he thought was a completely fair point, though. Um, the XA guys, there were a lot of us who were really tight. And, like, we'd hang out together, and they'd be like, oh, cool, Parker's here. But then when Parker was gone, just kind of out of sight, out of mind. And that's just wrong. Um, I realized that, especially when we had a Friendsgiving. I assume you guys had that last Thanksgiving also. 
um, where I invited him and I was fully expecting him to come because it's awesome. And he turned me down and I was very upset about that. And I called him and like yelled at him when I got there, when I realized he wasn't there. And he came right back and he was like, those are your people. Those are your friends. Those aren't my friends. So, you know, just shove off. And that kind of hit me. I was like, wow, these people aren't being the friends that he deserves. I started thinking then like, about what that would mean for him and what we could do to fix that. Mm-hmm. And Parker went to Richmond, actually, for, I think, like maybe an internship um, opportunity or something. Or something. Yeah. something along those lines. Um, moral of the story is he was gone from life group for a week. And I went there and like we had our life group. And at the end of it, I brought up the fact that, um, you know, Parker was feeling lonely and left out. And frankly, you guys are being crappy friends. Um, If even (laughs) friends, you're actually not even being friends. Um, So like, you know, snap to it. And the good thing is things changed really fast after that. Um, I was kind of, kind of tough with them. Like I, I let them know that they were, completely screwing him, and, um, and their reaction was, wow, this isn't what friendship is. Yeah. There's no depth here. And from that mm-hmm. point, they started reaching out to Parker, and I'm not sure, do you want to kind of say yeah. that since it's you? By the way, I didn't find this out until like a year later. <laughs> yeah, this was secret. <laughs> I didn't know that. That he had even addressed <laughs> the he life even group. addressed this. Yeah. I did not know this until a long time later. No, right. But right after that, things did change. Now, again, I'm a deep, I'm, how do I put this? I'm a skeptic when it comes to change. So I go from nobody texting me, or very few people text me, to all of a sudden I get like, like two one. or three in the course of a week from the guys in the life group. And so I'm like, I'm a believer that everything happens for a reason. So I'm like, suspicious in my head, something's going on here. I actually did that with David one time, David's sitting in the audience. And he called, asked me if I wanted to have lunch one time over text. And I was with Steven at the time. I looked at him and said, what does he want? <laughs> and Steven's like, oh, he probably wants to do like a one-on-one or something with you. And sure enough, you would ask if I want to do a one-on-one with you over that lunch, which I reluctantly agreed to do. But so the same thing kind of happened. Uh, uh, I think David and Grassy was the first. And Jacob Weaver, actually, of all people, reached out to me. And then Tyler, around the same time, uh, asked if I wanted to shoot basketball. And so, you know, when you didn't have much else going on, I said, sure. Like, I'm definitely like... Why are you texting me? What are you doing? What do you want? <laughs> but when you have nothing to lose, like, you know, might as well. Mm-hmm. And I found David scary. He still scares me. <laughs> but he's one of my greatest friends because I know, he, I know he cares. He's definitely an outgoing person, almost intimidatingly outgoing. But he, um, he took, us, took me and Tiger and maybe a couple others to cook out. And I, I had a blast, blast just getting to know everybody outside of Outside of Chi Alpha, and Jacob, I think, asked if I wanted to go to Lenore with him one day. And Tyler asked if I wanted to shoot basketball in Woolen Gym. And that was, that was really fun. I actually connected with Tyler more than I thought I would over, that, over basketball. Because I, I think I said two words to the guy the entire mm-hmm. time before I, before I did that. Um, and so it really just became – but those guys were really intentional about stepping up to the plate yeah. and reaching out to me and getting to know me for who I was for a change, just mm-hmm. outside of the Chi Alpha context. And – it made a lot of difference because I think around that time, I've heard this from several of the guys, it didn't just become about like Stephen and I anymore. Like mm-hmm. We were still very, very close, but it became 
the boys, the, the group of... They literally <laughs> called themselves that. Where are the boys? The boys. <laughs> it became about the boys because we all became a lot closer as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to know David so much better and Tom and, 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 and Jacob and a couple others and the friends like Tiger, Hasiel, yeah. etc., yeah, and we it's all, a shame that COVID happened, like, right in there, because oh, I bet I that it. that would have, like, really snowballed into bringing more people into the group had we not gone virtual right when this was happening. Yeah, yeah. and so we all bonded in the period of about three months, because yeah. this all started from, like, the end of November to when COVID hit in, like, late February, early March. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, you know, going, like, the last major thing is we had a murder mystery party Valentine's Day, and... <laughs> We all, that was a ton of fun. And then afterwards, it was Steve and Tom, David and I, we all went over to David's aunt's house and spent the night in his freezing cold basement, mm. like 50 degrees cold basement. <laughs> that was a bonding experience, to say the least. <laughs> but yeah, it really, like we all formed a deep friendship and I think it just came out of love for one another out of anything. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't that we had to do a whole lot of things together. It was like we just showed that we cared yeah. more than anything. That's awesome. Anything to add to that? I mean, really, I think my main thing to add is just like, you kind of probably see a little bit of a pattern there. It's, like, time spent together, mm. care, um, you know, intentionality. I think these are some little buzzwords that are, you know, very just, like, vague. But <laughs> at the same time, like, they really matter. Um, I think that friendship comes from more than just these, like, fluffy, like, coordinated. Yeah. These had to happen because, like, they were organized. Um, like, if you just are at that level, you're not going to have a friend. Like, you're going to have a friend. But... Mm. Um, you know, it, it takes something deeper than that. And yeah. I think just, it takes a little bit of work from the start. It can be kind of scary at the start for um, people who are maybe not like the world's most outgoing people. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so worth it at the end of the day. Um, I, I think it can just make something that's so beautiful that otherwise just wouldn't have happened. Um, and the end of the day, yeah, I'd put in a couple uncomfortable moments to have months or years or, you know, the rest of a lifetime of something really amazing that results. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything to add, making friends, any of that sort of topic? Oh, yeah, there's, there's a lot I could say. Um, being intentional doesn't mean you have to spend every, every minute together. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, what, what, what semester was it? Was it junior year? Started junior year? We had those two classes yeah. together. We got tired of each other. We got tired of one another, whatever it was. Because we felt like every day each other, it was like a Chi Alpha event or had class together or something. And we just kind of looked at each other one day and was like, can we not see each other for a week? <laughs> That's going to make life so much better. Because like, you run out of things to talk about. If you're doing everything together, you have nothing to talk about. And you have all these shared experiences. You don't like... I don't know, you need, you need a little bit of a long time, a little mm-hmm, separation. Definitely. And that's healthy, I think, in any friendship, relationship, whatever have you. Yeah. It's healthy to have a little bit of a long time. And, but it also makes it harder whenever you're not around someone every day um, to reconnect. Mm-hmm. So COVID hit March 2020. Um, I go home. I live towards the western side of the state, so I'm about two and a half hours from, from Chapel Hill. And uh, it was hard because he lives in Cary, so he's about three hours away from me. And David lived in Blue Charlotte, Jacob up in Henderson. So, like, I was away from everybody else. I was easily the furthest away <laughs> from, from Chapel Hill. And so it takes that intentionality to reach out. And we did good at first. We did good reaching out. The Chi Alpha had, like, their life groups virtually, and we had, like, XA Live uh, virtually, too, I think, and it went pretty well. But then when summer hit, and, like, it drags on for a long time, it gets tougher mm-hmm. to, like, reach out and 
when people get really busy, I think Stephen, you had a like you had an internship, and then you worked for the Daily Tar Heel on top of classwork. Like you were extremely busy, um, and I kind of got on you about that at the end of that semester. I said, please reach out <laughs> for someone who's my best friend. I have not heard from you in a month at all, <laughs> and when I did, it was for like twenty minutes. Well, yeah. <laughs> and so being intentional about reaching out to people. Now, in terms of making friends, um, freshman year, I found a really like, like a tangible tip. Leave your door open at your dorm room. Yeah. I did that all the time. I lived on a hall-style dorm with all freshman guys, which made it a little bit easier, I'm not going to lie. But uh, staying on the hall there and opening my door, I used to have like the basketball or football game all the time on, and guys love sports, you know, so... All the guys would kind of come into my room at one point or another just saying, hey, what you doing? Hey, good game. You mind if I sit and watch it for an hour? Or I think Timmy next door played Fortnite back when Fortnite was a thing. And I literally sat in his room all day one day and just watched him play it. Nice. <laughs> I had nothing else to do. I was sat there and ate a Hershey bar for lunch. Yeah. Um, you know, this, those sorts of things to give the opportunity, opportunity for those interactions mm -hmm. to happen. And uh, kind of do what Steven did with me. Like, don't be afraid to propose something. Mm -hmm. I was always scared of rejection. I still don't like rejection yeah. to this day very much. But I'm finding that people are less busy than you think, or people are more likely to say yes than you think. Because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a person that doesn't like to say a whole lot unless I'm like certain it's going to be a yes. But I'm becoming more comfortable with like saying, hey, do you want to do this? In the, right. in the event that there's a no, it's okay. But odds are there's going to be more yeses, yeses mm -hmm. than you think. Yeah, so, no one's going to be offended as... As someone who, like, also the fear of rejection is a big thing for me. Like, no one's going to be offended if you ask them to do something and they don't want to do it. Like, nothing negative is going to come from that right. interaction. Right. Yeah. You have anything, Stephen? Yeah, um, that's, that's really good stuff. Completely agree. I think um, kind of based on that, um, one thing also that's really true is that, like, yeah, there's there's no harm done in just reaching out to people. Um, and I don't think really any case, like if they say no, whatever, um, you know, a lot of times I think they'll be like, no, but what about this other time? And that's really cool. Then you have something. Also the ball's kind of in their court, which mm -hmm. is cool too. Um, I think one other that Parker kind of like touched on is that there's more people who are uncomfortable and kind of like not happy with where they are relationally and mm. friendship-wise than you think there are. I think you're, yeah, usually true. there's just a thought of like, wow, I'm the only one. I mean, I'm here at UNC and there's like, what, 30,000 people here? And they all seem like they have someone who they're hanging out with all the time, um, except for me. And I'm just sitting here being a loser in my room alone. Um, that's not true. Like, there's a lot of people who feel that way. Um, problem is if you have two people who are feeling that way separately and that thought is stopping them from reaching out, then they're never going to reach out to each other because they both feel that way and then both are in a worse situation. Sometimes you can just be that change. Yeah, um, you can really get a little uncomfortable for a moment and make that bridge and you might not just make yourself a friend, you might even help someone else to get out of that situation as well. That's really cool. I think that's caring for people and that's loving people as well. And as Christians, that's kind of one of the things we're supposed to be doing as well. Mm. Um, I think just, you know, keep the door open is a great one. Just if there's anything that you're, like, super passionate about, any hobbies that you have, I think we all have stuff that we like doing, just invite someone along. Yeah. Like, come do it with that's them. good. Yeah, and, and it's great. 
Even if it's something that maybe you don't like, but you know they like, do it. Parker loves basketball. I'm terrible at basketball. I played basketball with Parker because he liked it. We could connect over it, and he didn't judge me. So it was, it was great. You're probably going to find that situation happening a lot. Um, just be intentional. Invite people to lunch. Um, or just, heck, if you're really bored, go talk to someone who's sitting there and eating lunch. Um, oh, also, gosh. I've done that before. That would terrify me. I've done gosh, that before. Man. It's worked out pretty well. <laughs> yes. Um, also, just one thing I think at just college campuses is that, like, everyone is always in their own world, like, just on your phone, like, just texting while walking around, or, like, headphones on or whatever. You're basically saying, I don't need anyone when you do that. So, um, you know, if you're cool with that and you don't want any friends or anything, then you do you, but I don't think most of us are that way. Um, so it might be something to consider not doing and, and, you know, try being a little more proactive in the moment. Yeah. And one last thing I'll say, that the difference between like a friendship and a deep friendship, because you can do all kinds of stuff with normal friends, and that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think the deep friendships work both ways a lot of times, and you know, some of that's out of control, obviously. Like it, you can always be the person reaching out and doing things, but if the other person's not responding, if the other person's not, you know, not actively suggesting things to mm-hmm. you, you know, the friendship may just stay at a friend level. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Everyone's got those people in their lives. But I think a deep friendship takes intentionality on both sides because it's obvious that both of you want to hang out. It's obvious that um, you want to be around each other. I think it also takes understanding. We touched on this a little bit, but again, like asking deeper questions, not just saying, like, oh, cool, you play guitar, Emily. Mm -hmm. Why do you play guitar? Right. How, you know, why did you choose to do that? How has that made an impact on you? If you're, Mm -hmm. if someone's feeling a little bit down, like my roommate felt, uh, felt down a little bit last week, I said, you know, why? Let's sit down. Let's talk about it a little bit. Or saying, oh, that's too bad. I hope you feel better. Mm-hmm. Actually take the time to understand the person and why they are the way they are, why they do the things that they do. Because if you understand that, like you understand someone on a deeper level, just like God understands each and every one of our needs and understands each and every one of our personalities, it gives you that opportunity. And then lastly, a little bit of selflessness. Like, yeah, people need different things. People may need time, a little bit of money, attention, whatever it is that people people need we're called to like help others and support each other along the way and so you know whether it's again like a, a shoulder to cry on a shoulders to le- like look at at the duke game or whatever shoulder to climb on and view the duke game it's it's a lot of uh it's a lot of giving yeah and i think there's been a lot of giving in our friendship too over time because again you've had to like make time to come see me since he's uh he lives down in raleigh so it's not too far away, but when you're working a full-time job and you're still you know, 45 minutes away, it's mm-hmm. actually pretty hard to do. You've got to give up quite a bit of time to come down and see us like, see us like tonight, for instance. So mm-hmm. Those are the three things I think if you work both ways, yeah. that's, that's a deep, deep-rooted friendship. Yeah, mm-hmm. time, intentionality, putting the other person first a lot of time, sacrificial stuff. Um, yeah, I think there's an element to this too of like, of God putting you guys in each other's paths, like, and you guys being open to, like you were saying, not having your head in your phone and, like, just being in your individual little world all the time of being open to meeting people. And, and like, college is a great place to meet friends. And I really believe, because, like, it's my story, too. I could have had my best friend and I in these same chairs. We have a very similar, like, we met in Chi Alpha. Um, and... I really believe that, like, if if you you guys are looking for 
this type of relationship that God has this for you somewhere you and see you just have to like keep your eyes open and be willing to to put the work in and, and find find your people um which hopefully like in a Chi Alpha small group if you join a Chi Alpha life group um you will find people like this in your life group and girls and guys can become sort of a squad like Stephen and Parker's life group did. Um, but yeah, do you guys have anything to add in closing or? Really, I think just touching on kind of the depth that Parker was talking about, I think that is something that, um, yeah, like you don't just immediately start really deep, mm-hmm. but it's just something that like happens over time. Um, you know, the more that your relationship just like builds. Um, so like if you don't feel like you have friends or that all of your friends are surface level or something like that, um, don't just collectively like freak out and, and go crazy. Like it happens over time. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something to remember. Like um, I newsflash, I didn't know Parker for pretty much until like second semester of my freshman year. I didn't really know him as like a actual friend friend until like a year after that. Mm. And before that, I didn't really have, like, a, a really close friend. Like, I had friends who we hung out, like, at Chi Alpha, um, and it was really cool. And, like, I had friends who I did other stuff on campus with. But I didn't really have anyone who, it's like, wow, we just connect on, like, a level that's just, like, different, like, special. And it happened. I think it can happen for all of us. Mm-hmm. It may not happen today, may not happen tomorrow, but just keep working toward it. Keep going. I think you'll get there. It takes a little bit of effort, but you'll get there. Last thing I'll say is all those things I mentioned, they seem to come out, again, of love, love for one another. Mm-hmm. There will be intentionality, selflessness, understanding, all these things come out of love and care for one another. And that's what God calls us to uh, share with other people just like he shares mm-hmm. with us every single day yeah so well this has been awesome thank you guys so much for being here tonight being willing to share your story and... we hope you enjoyed today's message for more information about our ministry visit us on the web at www.xa-unc.com.